Well, I'm going to say something that I hope won't make you angry or bring back bad memories, but um, I wanted to bring up the spring of 2020. I'm sorry. Um, but it was such a, such a blur, was it not? It was like, what day is it? Every day you woke up, it, every day felt like Tuesday. It didn't feel real. Um, everything was changing, things were canceling, but postponing or rescheduling for a, a date, TBD. Um, we never knew what was really happening. And suddenly everything that was a given, like school and coming to church and work, those things were no longer a given. Everything changed. There were no more constants. It felt very disorienting and unsettling. And there was something else I might be remembering wrong. If Wasn't there some political, like, charge during that time? I don't remember. Was that right? 2020, was that it? Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of disorienting things happening during that time. And I didn't even have kids. So those of you who had kids, oh my goodness, you made it. <laughs> you deserve all the treasures in heaven. Oh my gosh, that is amazing that you had to do that. I just was a single person just working part-time going to grad school. Um, but then there was those of you who had loved ones who got sick or who had other diseases that made them unable to be, you unable to see them. Or you know somebody, or maybe it was you, who lost your job, or they said, well, we'll let you know when we need you again, or we'll let you know when all this is over. Things that were given suddenly became very unsettling. In this Advent, we're talking about the Christmas kaleidoscope. We thought that a kaleidoscope is a perfect metaphor for what Jesus is. That a kaleidoscope is, is that little looking glass that ref, reflects and refracts light. And all the little broken pieces, the little beads or whatever is in the kaleidoscope, it, whatever is you're looking at, it makes it so beautiful. And we thought that's, that's what Jesus does. Jesus comes in as the light of the world, reflecting light of, of love and hope and peace and forgiveness. And he comes into this broken world, and when you look through the lens of Jesus, everything becomes whole and beautiful. Last week, we talked about justice, how Jesus brings justice and calls us to do the same. This week, we're talking about peace. And I don't know about you, but peace doesn't always feel all that possible. Definitely didn't feel possible to the people living in Jerusalem in that 8th century. Uh, they, they were living in Jerusalem, and if you'll recall that Judah and Israel had split into two kingdoms. Israel used to be one kingdom, they split into two. There was a lot of fighting. Israel teams up with Syria, and they gang up on Judah, and they attack Judah. 
And Judah has all these terrible kings, to be perfectly honest. They're faithless. They were bad leaders. Judah is war-torn with bad leadership. All the things that come with war, hunger, death, sickness. They were not feeling all like peace is that possible. But this is what the prophet Isaiah says to them in chapter 11. He says, a shoot shall come from the stump of Jesse. A branch shall grow out of its roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. So we learn that a leader is coming from the line of Jesse, which is the line of David. And this leader, oh man, he's like no leader before because the spirit of God is upon him. And this spirit of God fills him with wisdom and strength But most importantly, the Spirit of God fills him with the knowledge of the Lord. Now the knowledge of the Lord is not just that head knowledge. It's more than that. It's a heart knowledge of God. It's an intimate relationship with God. Knowledge of the Lord is an intimate relationship with God. And this intimate relationship with God completely dictates what this leader does. It informs all his decisions. It makes him favor the poor and stand up for the meek. It helps him to judge those who are wicked and to condemn violence. Isaiah continues saying, the wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord, just as the waters cover the sea. This is the peaceable kingdom. This is the peaceable kingdom. A Quaker pastor named Edward Hicks, he painted this scene from scripture and he called, he called it the peaceable kingdom. And in it you see a lion and an ox standing right next to each other with the lamb and the leopard right near. You see a children around with them. 
This is a peaceable kingdom. And even though the word peace isn't used in that scripture, that's, that's what we get from it. That is a peaceful kingdom. And it's not just the peace of, it's not just the lack of conflict that's there. It's that they're living side by side. They're sharing food. The bear and the ox are sharing food. A lamb is able to lie down next to a wolf and not be afraid. Children are able to play over near where snakes live and not be afraid. This is more than just a lack of conflict. This is a radical change that comes from a leader who is full of the knowledge of the Lord. It comes from a leader who has led with righteousness. This is a place where all have come together where there is no separation, where all are one. It's a whole place. It's complete. It's, it's shalom. That word that's often translated as peace. But again, it's deeper than just peace. It's, it's a wholeness, a completeness. That's what's transformed this kingdom This is heaven and earth meeting. Shalom is heaven and earth meeting, coming together. Do you notice what's directly responsible for this shalom? It's, It's found in that last verse. It says that they will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain. For what? The earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. Just as the waters cover the sea. The whole earth having knowledge of God, which is that intimate relationship with God, the whole earth having that is what leads to a peaceable kingdom. That intimacy with God is what leads to a peaceable kingdom And that comes from a leader who has first shown them what a peaceful leader does. Shown them what peace is. What that intimacy with God is. And that leader from that peace leads out with acts of righteousness. And those acts of righteousness result in a peaceable kingdom. And we all know that leader, to be Jesus Christ, who Isaiah also calls the Prince of Peace. And that there will be a vast authority, an endless peace on David's throne, Isaiah says in chapter 9, and for his kingdom, establishing it and sustaining it with justice and righteousness now and forever. Jesus has an intimacy with God unlike ever before. And that enables us to have an intimacy with God, unlike ever before. There's a lot of, you can't name all the amazing things about Jesus, about God coming to earth in, in the form of a baby, in the form of a baby Jesus. But anybody who has witnessed a birth 
can say something amazing is happening here. Something indescribable is happening. Where heaven and earth are meeting. If you've witnessed a birth, you know heaven and earth are meeting. There's a thin space between heaven and earth. I, I call those moments thin spaces where the veil between heaven and earth is so thin or if it's there at all. When that heaven and earth, when heaven and earth meet, there's that sensation of peace that's beyond understanding. And it happens on the other side of life too, right? If you've ever been at a deathbed, even though it's a sad moment, somehow there is still peace, heaven and earth meeting. I think baptisms are another thin space. When God, the spirit of God, comes upon the person and all of us and all of heaven and earth are making a covenant with this person, that's heaven and earth meeting. Holy communion, that's heaven and earth meeting. That we are one with the body of Christ, that Christ is here present with us as we take that bread and and juice for the journey, that's heaven and earth meeting. But also, I, I think of standing at the foot of the ocean and looking out. Is that not heaven and earth meeting? Standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon, that's heaven and earth meeting. Eating with people you love around the dinner table, that's heaven and earth. Being surrounded by people you love, that's heaven and earth meeting. What about warming shelters for those who don't have homes? Or seeing a child learn something and then realizing all the potential they have, that God created them. That's heaven and earth meeting. Support groups, recovery groups, where you're meeting together in your hurt and finding comfort and support. That's heaven and earth meeting. Those are all thin spaces. It's where wolves and lambs can lie down together. Peace happens when heaven and earth meet. The birth of Jesus is a thin space. Heaven and earth meet unlike ever before in a person. And then the birth itself. But then Jesus' whole life is a thin space. Because he, he judged the poor with righteousness when he, he lifts up the woman who had given her last two cents to the temple. And he cared for those who were suffering 
when he heals the man on the Sabbath. And he condemned violence when he tells Peter, put away your sword. Those are all thin spaces. And on his last night, Jesus told his disciples about what was coming next. And he tells them about the Holy Spirit. And he says in John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let them be afraid. Jesus gives us his own peace. Jesus gives us the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit, which Jesus says makes us unafraid. And you think of those times when you have felt that oneness with God, that full presence of God, were you not filled with the confidence that you could go do whatever it was that God called you to do? You said, yes, Lord, I can do it. I will do it. It makes you unafraid, that peace. Jesus enables our intimacy with God. And our intimacy with God leads to peace, leads to our own peace. And our own peace fills us with the, the, the power to go forth and do the things that God has called us to do. Go, go do those righteous acts just as Jesus did. And those righteous acts lead to a peaceable kingdom. Where lambs can lie down unafraid of wolves where children can play without fear of snakes, where ox and bears share food, where we put people's well-being before profits, where children can go to school unafraid, where our differences are celebrated instead of sources of fear. Peace spreads peace. Peace within you gives birth to peace in the world. Peace is possible through Jesus Christ to everyone, everywhere. Peace is possible and it's available everywhere, even though you may feel like peace is the furthest thing away. There's no way, there, there's, not, there's no way that there's peace when I have this anxiety or going through the divorce, or grief, or loneliness. There's no way that there's peace there. But peace is possible. You, you can find that intimacy with God, that heart knowledge of God, that place where heaven meets earth. It's right there. Maybe... Try doing five minutes of silence and stillness. Just five minutes of focusing on God, just on the glory and love of God. Maybe go for a walk and do that if you can't be still. But just focus on God. I'd like to invite you all to try that right now. So if you would close your eyes.
and just picture in your mind, let go of everything else and just picture in your mind, God. The loving, loving God. What does that look like? Let go of anything else and just focus on God. You can open your eyes again. Just now was heaven and earth meeting. Just now, you had a moment of peace. So peace is possible, because you just did it. So whatever it is that you think peace is not possible for you, remember that, what you just did. Look how near it was. Peace was right there. And peace was possible that fateful spring, somehow. I don't know about you, but I started walking a lot. I started going on walks because there's nothing else to do and nowhere to go. Um, But I remember it was just the most beautiful spring. The weather was beautiful. And I don't know if it was just that I never noticed it before, but it was on those walks where I discovered somehow a peace with God. I discovered that intimacy with God. And I don't know if you remember how when we, all, we stopped commuting everywhere, the planes were no longer flying and people, the traffic wasn't around and we stopped with the production of manufacturing and all of that, how the reports were that in China there were blue skies for the first time in so long. And how the dolphins had actually returned to the canals in Venice. Do you remember that? And through all of that, we had realized things that we had never noticed before. When all the world was going on around us. Things about children who, when they, when they, have to, when they don't have school to go to, where, what if their home's not safe? What do we do? Or we realized the essential workers, how pitifully they are paid and compensated. And we thought, we need to do something about this. That inner peace, that intimacy with God led to acts of righteousness. And those acts of righteousness started popping up little, little sites of the peaceable kingdom. Heaven is meeting earth constantly. It's what, it's what Jesus ushered in. So let us be empowered to find that intimacy with God. And be empowered by that peace to be unafraid and do the acts, do the loving things that Jesus has called us to do. And we can spread peace on earth. Let us pray. 
loving God, we are anxious for your peace. We are anxious for your peaceable kingdom to be finally whole. God, it doesn't feel like there can be peace in the midst of wars and recessions and sicknesses. God, there's so much going on that would tell us that peace isn't possible. Yet you have promised peace to us and that there is peace with us. God, when we seek you, when we seek that that deeper relationship with you, would you make yourself so, so known to us so that we can experience that peace and spread that peace on earth. It's in your almighty name we pray.